Welcome to the Power of Being You podcast, where we interview people who are out in the world creating change by being authentically themselves. Come along with us as we discover tips and tools that you can use to shine your brilliance even brighter. I'm Sarah Grandinetti, and I'm excited to explore the power of being you. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Power of Being You podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Grandinetti, and today I get to introduce you to someone that is very near and dear to me, who um, is known as a change maker and a possibility inspirer. He has a desire to change the world like no other, and I also get to call him my brother. How did I get so lucky? Welcome, Dr. Dane here. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm honored and grateful to be here. So if anybody in this podcast has uh, yet to know who you are, I would love, I'm going to read a little bit about you. So Dr. Dane here is an author, change maker, as stated before, speaker and co-creator of Access Consciousness, one of the largest personal development companies practiced in 176 countries. For more than 20 years, Here has traveled the world sharing his unique insights on happiness, relationships, getting over the yuck, and everything in between. Growing up in the ghetto in Los Angeles, here was exposed to constant abuse. However, he never chose to be a victim. In his talks and workshops, he uses a set of tools and provides step-by-step energetic processes to get people out of the confusions and judgments that are keeping them stuck on the cycle of no choice and no change, leading them into moments of awe that they have the power to change anything. Anything, keyword, (laughs) anything. Well, I'm super excited to be talking to you today, two days after our very first International Being You Day. And what happened on that day was there are no words, really. I know halfway through the day, I, I got into a space of awe and gratitude where words just left my world. And so, <laughs> Me so, too. Can you, can you tell our listeners a little bit about um, the idea behind the day and like where it, how it came to be? Well, it came to be, um, I will tell the shorter version of this story because there's a long version too. Um, I wrote a book called Being You Changing the World, as you know, uh, 10 years ago. This was its 10th anniversary. And Justine, who works with us as our publicist, she came to me and said, hey, um, what about creating a Being You Day? You know, because I'd just gotten off of many interviews for World Happiness Day and World Suicide Prevention Day. And was contributing to those movements. And I was like, that is great. I would like being you to be a movement of its own. Because one thing I know is when people are truly being them, their life shows up as if by magic and nothing is impossible anymore. And they have a sense of peace. They have a sense of liking themselves and also contributing to others. And I was like, let's do it. And she said, okay, uh, I just need to tell you they get 20,000 applications and they accept 30 each year. And I went, perfect, let's do it. And so we did it. And we got approved, obviously. And um, for me, it's, it's something that's been a target of mine for many, 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 many years is to bring this idea in this conversation about what it and, and the inspiration about what it is to truly be us to people so that they can choose it. And this day, uh, 
here it was, it was May 22nd and I woke up on May 23rd and everybody I talked to on May 23rd had the same experience of, wow, there is something different. And can you talk a little bit about that? Cause I know for me, I woke up with so much space and I, I kind of felt lonely. Like I, there was so much space in my world that I was like, wow, is this the thing that I've actually been avoiding stepping into by being me? Cause we're so afraid that we'll be disconnected or not with, um, you know, as tightly knit with the people whose judgments we made so valuable or. Yes. And that's a, that right there and is, is actually the thing that keeps most people from choosing to go on this heretofore uncharted journey called being you, whatever that is, because each of us bees us in our own way. We got a lot of, we got a lot of um, things that are unique to us. And so that idea of having so much space that you almost feel lonely is, is based on the idea that our connection points to other people and our reference points, it's based on having those change or go away completely. And what it is, is it's this reality that we have lived for so long that tells us that you're connected with people when they have good judgments of you and you're disconnected when they have bad judgments of you. So we have this entire judgment system that we have created as though is it, it is our, our reference point for connection to others, but also connection to ourselves. You know, how many of us go, wow, I really like myself today because all these other people like me. And we don't necessarily acknowledge that, but let's face it, how much of the time is that what's really going on? Oh, my relationship with this person is good. And I got a lot of likes on my latest post and blah, blah. Therefore, I like me today and I'm having a happy day. But that can just as easily turn into this. I had a crappy conversation with this person and this person and I got no likes and people judged me and there were trolls online. So now I don't like me today. Well, being you elevates it above, elevates you above all of that. Because it's no longer about getting to like you or be you based on other people's judgments of you and their projections at you. And so as that changes, and, and this is perhaps the most difficult part of this entire journey, is as that changes, it's going to feel different. We keep having this weird idea that we can somehow change our whole reality without changing anything. I'll just change everything that doesn't feel good and all the other stuff will just be there but it goes beyond feeling at a certain point to being and when you're truly being you it doesn't feel like anything and that also can seem very lonely at the beginning but here's the other part most people miss is they will have that whatever they call it loneliness or so much space i'm not connected in the same way and they'll make that a wrongness and they won't go any further rather than recognizing that if you stay with that for just a day, day and a half, there's a space in which you realize you're connected to everything and everyone. And it's not based on judgment. It's not based on reference points. It's not based on connection points. It's based on I be, and therefore I'm able to perceive that you be also. And what a glorious space that we can be together and even those people that go to judge you or whatever, it has no effect. It's like, you know, it's like water off a duck's back. You don't care anymore. Or it's more like water off a dragon's back. And, um, you know, it, it's no longer the relevant point, the relevant um, structure from which you determine your life and determine your choice anymore. 
And it's a leap, but it's it's something that people need to recognize the the weird feelings that go on this journey of getting to be us off very quickly transform into a connection, a sense of having the space of us, a sense of wonder at the world and a sense of wonder at what you can now create that was never possible before. And a lot of people have in the past stopped before they got to the miracle that is them. And so this whole idea of being you day was to inspire people and invite people to have an experience of a lot of different people and their uniqueness and their joy and their the struggles they've gone through and the magic that they are that they didn't see and all of this to make it so that that journey from trying to be something to actually being it was shortened dynamically. I love that you brought up uniqueness because, you know, in a world of like, you know, social media and connection and like what pages you follow, um, online dating, you know, who you connect with, and you're talking about connection points and how so much of those connection points are created by, um, alignment and agreement. So finding people you have things in common with, and then making that the thing that you get to create a relationship with, or in access, we talk about a creationship. Um, so can you talk a little bit about this, um, this thing that's beyond, and I know you did a little bit, but on beyond, beyond connection points, almost to a point where someone would say, I met someone, we have absolutely nothing in common. I'm so excited about this, but generally we say, oh, I have so much in common with this person. And so now they're valuable to me, but what is the difference between, uh, sameness and, um, oneness same or you know the where we could start to look at that from a different place well oh sorry i thought i was muted um so that's the thing is is oneness is where you get to be everything that you are sameness is i have to be what other people are judging as appropriate so they can believe that they are connected to me, which if you expand that further, oneness is actually a space where it's not based on a linear connection or a linear point of view. It's based on what is. Like when you see a beautiful plant with a beautiful flower on it, you receive it totally. Why? Because there is no sense in which you're trying to make yourself the flower and make yourself the plant. There's an acknowledgement that in, in a certain way, you are the flower and you are the plant, which, which can sound weird to some people, but, but it's a place where it's not based on these connection points. You're not trying to get the plant to like you. You're not in the plant. And one of the other reasons why we allow ourselves to receive totally from plants, from animals, from babies, is because they're not doing judgment and they're not trying to inflict sameness. A beautiful flower is its unique shining beauty in the world and you can just receive it. Well, what if we allowed ourselves to receive that about us? And what if we allowed ourselves to receive it about others also? Where 
it's not, I like you because you're so much like me. It's, I like you because you're a friggin' awesome being. And you're, you don't have very many things like me, except the fact that you don't judge also. And therefore, we can be together in this amazing way that most people don't even realize can exist. And, and if you look at it, one of the things we love about going out in nature is that there is not this constant projection to be a certain thing so we can have the sameness that allows us to know that I like you and where I don't like other people. You know, we've got this world based on, based on the community of like-minded judgmental people. You're part of my community. Oh, well, you're not. Oh, well, you don't believe the same thing I do. Therefore, I don't like you. And I'm like, uh, if somebody has something they're believing on this planet that is not infringing on other people, there might be some value to it. The only beliefs I see that don't have value are those that infringe upon other people that, that make other people less. Everything else, we can learn something from it and we could be made greater by embracing it rather than resisting it. So we can have our own special community that excludes others. And one of the things we talked about on the Being You Day, and if you haven't found that recording yet, it's it's living live on the Dr. Dane here YouTube page. You can go find that International Being You Day and watch the recording there or beingyouday.com. Um, but one of the things we talked about uh, on that day was like giving up the fight. And when you're talking about being in oneness and not having to, you know, we talked about my situation where I thought, you know, I was going in to give possibilities to a school and a teacher. And then um, you acknowledged me for what I could choose instead of the fight. And so um, how much of that is what maintains, you know, the separation and, and I just see where people are like, I have chosen this, this side of this fight. And now I have to maintain that in order to know who I am. Um, and it's been a very interesting year through, you know, the pandemic and all the different sides and vaxxers, non-vaxxers, mask wearers, non-mask wearers, and where people are like maintaining something even beyond what they are aware of or know is possible. Can you talk a little bit about, um, how giving up the fight actually does get you more to being you? Well, first that I got to say, um, that was such an amazing conversation that we had and it was based on a, a phenomenal choice that you made that totally changed the situation by coming out of fighting. So I want everybody to go watch that. It was so good. It was about the bullying section where we did a round table and, um, and here's the thing about fight and fighting for points of view. If you are ever what you'll do is when you take a point of view that's not yours, and the way this works is there's a point of view floating out there in the air or floating on the internet or floating in somebody's head and they tell you and then you buy that when it wasn't truly your point of view, that is the time you will fight to the death to prove the rightness of that point of view. And so this whole thing of fighting for anything that we're doing is usually because when we were kids, we were told that we didn't stand up for ourselves enough. We didn't fight enough to prove that we were right. Why did you not Why did you not tell them how wrong they were? Blah, 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 blah. That's my butt singing at people right now. And because um, <clears throat> really that's where your head is when you're doing that. And so, you know, it's time for a craniorectal extraction. Time to pull our heads out of our butts. Anything we're fighting for is where <laughs> we're not being us, okay? Unless it's a fight for possibilities. Now, when I say that though, Fighting for possibilities is far less effective than choosing possibilities. And what you brilliantly asked is, what contribution can I be to these people and the whole situation? 
which meant you showed up as your being because a being is always looking for possibilities. And a being is always the space of that, which will bring possibilities. Previously, you were like, I'm going to defend my daughter as though that kid needs defending. Hello, that's, a, that's a, an insane point of view right there that a lot of parents do. My little child needs defending, so I'm going to go yell at people because this is wrong. Well, yeah, you know it's wrong. In other words, it's an affront to get somebody's being. But what you don't realize is fighting against always brings you to the level of whatever or whoever you're fighting. Getting bigger, what can I contribute to this situation? What are the infinite possibilities I've never considered allows you to be a space and that space which actually has within it question. Question melts barriers and melts walls. Question expands into spaces of possibilities that nobody ever saw before and let's face it, it's the people listening to this. That if possibilities are going to be brought to a situation, it's you guys that are listening to this. Nobody else is going to do it. And a lot of you wait until other people do it and it doesn't show up. And then you get frustrated and then you fight against the people who aren't doing it. One of the other things about fighting when you're fighting against people who are, are trying to kill possibilities is because you will not be the space beyond the fight that would actually create those possibilities. Because you don't want to know how friggin' awesome you are. You don't want to know how powerful you are. It's far more comfortable to live your life in the passenger seat of somebody else's fight and somebody else's right and somebody else's wrong about you because you know that you've done it your entire life and trillions of years. You've done this forever, ever since reality got started. And now it just seems more comfortable. So you won't step into the discomfort, which is where we started. Can you explore the idea of feeling alone? Yeah. If you were the dragon living in a world of chihuahuas, would you feel alone? Yeah. 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 But guess what? It's only because you haven't been a dragon long enough to search out all the other elements of what contributes to a dragon. You've been living as a chihuahua, expecting your food and water to be provided and being taken out for poo breaks every so often. <laughs> and so you haven't even explored what else is available to a dragon. And so you realize you're a dragon in a moment you go oh no i'm not a chihuahua what then you try to freak out and try to turn yourself back into a chihuahua we are those who have the willingness and capacity and ability to bring possibilities to this planet and i used to say it less uh overtly than that but look if you're somebody who's a seeker and desiring more we are the ones who are doing that nobody else is and if you don't choose to be that which brings possibilities, nobody else is going to in the way that you can. Thank you for that. Because one of the things that I saw even after our chat on being International Being You Day was that I was going into these situations, like say with the school district or really anywhere, and because I was shouting possibilities, but wasn't yelling them, like shouting them, that I wasn't looking at the energetics of where I was being the fight still, because I thought I was saying all the things that were going to bring possibilities rather than the energetics of what I could choose energetically. And so I didn't say anything. I really didn't say much at all. It just changed. And so, and you had asked me that day, like when you're about to choose something like that, it seems so like, wow, you know? And so I wanted to talk a little bit about also, I had a big ask, like when I was looking at, you know, what would I like to ask for 2021? It was, what would it take for 
the world to just acknowledge that they are energetic beings, that we are aware of energies, that we could tap into energies by our ask and all of the things that come with that. So, um, because I get that a lot of people look at like being you and it's so, you know, um, homogenized in so many ways where it's like, it's on this t-shirt or on this billboard, it's on the front of this magazine. And, um, so it's like, be you, uh, by finding out like what your favorite color is or what music you like, or like those kind of like preferences rather than the being and the energetics of being. So can you speak a little bit as much as you can on a podcast about, um, the, the energies that we get to access when we're actually choosing beyond the fight and tapping into the being? Well, it's exactly that. And I love that request for everybody to know that they're an energetic being. Because what affects us in this world is the energies of things. You know, why does judgment hurt? Because it's such an intensely contracted energy. Somebody might as well load a, a bullet into a gun and shoot you with it energetically. That's what judgment is. It's an energetic bullet. And so that's energy. What is going out in nature like? Well, that's a totally different energy. And there's no judgment there. And every creature in nature knows what it is. It's grateful to be what it is. It shares its beauty unabashedly. And if you've ever noticed, this is one thing I'd love people to notice, go out in nature. And this, this revealed itself to me at one point when I got shoved into it. I actually literally, my horse rode me into a tree and um, he zigged, I zagged and I zagged into a tree and thought my ribs were broken and I'm sitting there not able to breathe. The, the winds had been knocked out of me and I'm like, <laughs> and uh and I had this woman tell me, I think your ribs are broken. And in that moment, I was I went from pathetic victim to no, they fucking are not broken. And guess what? They weren't broken because I was not having that. Thank you very much. My reality. But what happened was it felt like this veil came down that had been over my eyes my whole life. And I saw the beauty of nature and how and here I was in Costa Rica, where there's a lot of nature around. And I saw how brilliantly everything had organized itself. That's consciousness. So one of the things I'd love people to do is go out in nature and just notice how everything is so brilliantly placed and it knows what it is. It's willing to be what it is. It's willing to receive contribution. You know, one of the things we're learning is that, that trees are connected by this um, root of fungi or this um, uh, not root uh, structure, whatever you want to call it, system of fungi that move food along and a tree can actually contribute food to another tree. And wow, hello, you know, and, and people for years have been going, oh, this tree came in and it took over and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, that tree knew it needed to be the leader in that area. Why? Does a tree have a mind? No, it's far greater than that. It has consciousness. It is conscious. Einstein said every molecule in the universe has consciousness. Every element in the universe has consciousness. And the one, and they actually are connected at a distance instantaneously, faster than the speed of light. This is us. We are also the creatures that have consciousness and it's only when we go against it that our lives don't work and so fight is not consciousness fight is a coming down and making yourself much smaller than you are this idea that we're energetic beings is so vital to this because it takes it out of the 
construct of solidity that most people believe is necessary for anything to occur. So for example, you're knowing, knowing whether to do something or not do it is like a feather touch on your cheek. And most people ignore it because it's such a whisper. And one of the ways I love to show people that they know things that because nobody wants to know that they know, I mean, I do, you do, you're getting there, hey, you know, um, a lot of us are getting to the point where we actually do want to know that we know, but it's so daunting because once again, we feel alone in that we know things other people don't. And so, but one of the things I ask people is I say, hey, look back at three things you've chosen in your life that you knew not to choose. And everybody has at least three of those. You know, most of them are like, I'm still married to it. What the fuck? You know, and, um, but you knew, like when I was engaged, I knew, I felt the walls caving in on me and everybody wanted me to get married. My mom wanted babies. Everybody wanted to see me live this normal life. And so I could feel the pressure of it. And no matter how much pressure there was, at one point I went, I'm sorry, I can't do this. I'm sure you would make somebody else a wonderful wife, but this is not for me. This is not my reality. This is not the future I desire. And I'm going to make you a terrible husband and I don't want to do that to you. So I broke up with her. But that was because I had Gary Douglas, the founder of Access, ask me questions to acknowledge what I knew. And he never once tried to get me to leave that relationship. He got me to acknowledge what I know. So being an energetic being is the awareness that you have access to a subtlety of energies that seem like they get lost in the din of this reality because there's so much noise, there's so much intensity, there's so much solidity that people require to know they're alive. And there's this, there's this constant need for a solid right or wrong answer to everything that takes us out of us acknowledging that we're energetic beings. And you know, those, one of the things Gary pointed out at one point was that there are these mother trees on most parts of the land, on every part of land where nature has been able to do its own thing without the intrusion of man. And what these trees do is they're the ones that actually hold the energy for that entire part of land. Like they are there as the, the well, the mother tree, you know, and we got that term from Avatar, but it's like that. And it's why it's because these trees grow they're in a place where that works, but they also have a sense of who they are. They know this is their job, so they do it and they don't resist it. And it's when you cut down a mother tree in an area of land that you can feel the land start to die. And my question is, how many of you out there listening could actually be the mother trees of your particular area or your family or your sphere of influence? And you haven't been choosing to know that that's actually you. Well, I get that that relates to what you were saying, Gary, was for you with your relationship, where he asked you questions to get to your knowing, empowering, like the mother tree, the other trees around um, to be uh, without trying to tell you what to do or to control you into a situation, which is the fight yet again, to try to be in control or try to prove you know, that, that we know more rather than just being it. Um, 
So this, I would love to jump tracks for a second because it's just popping in. When you said that um, thing about falling off the horse and you were like, I went from being pathetic to being potent, I think is, I don't know if those are exact words we use, but um, I'd love to, to hear you talk a little bit about choice. Um, I have a memory that I don't know if I've ever even said publicly, but we were in Brazil together and I rolled my ankle off of the side of a curb. Do you remember this? Um, yes, I do. Okay. I heard my ankle break. I heard it. I know, I knew that my ankle had broken and you stepped in and put your hands on me and were like, choose basically like you, you, you either receive what I'm, I'm contributing <laughs> or you're going to have a break. Oh, broken ankle was basically the energy of it. But I looked at that just now looking at how anything we can change with choice and um, that space of being that you were offering me in that moment um, of the intensity of my body, um, having already chosen to have a broken ankle because I heard it. So I was starting to make it real. And um, you know how you showed up and asked me to choose something different um, from a, a totally different space without fight. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because when I'm looking back at like the whole thing we just talked about with me in the school district was going in, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be yelling or intensity to get a point across. It can just be this space of being, and then also the choice to be something so different. Yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing is what I've learned, you know, in this it, it's here, I am 21 years into access. Um, and, you know, having worked with hundreds of thousands of people around the world and done hundreds of thousands of sessions on people and I started realizing when I first started doing these sessions which actually um, the class that I created based on those sessions actually was the basis for the being you changing the world book and what it showed me was that every single limitation in somebody's life was something they were choosing and somehow I don't know how, I don't know why, I'm just grateful that I could be an energy with them and use this that I call ESB, energetic synthesis of being energy, to energetically change that choice by giving them access to a universe of consciousness that would supersede the choice for limitation. And this is the thing, when we do something miraculous, there is no how, there is no how to miracles. It just can be. And other people call it miracles because it's beyond currently understandable reality. And it's beyond the laws of physics. It's beyond the laws of everything, pretty much. It's, you're an outlaw at that point. But in doing that with you, like I knew, I'm like, because, what happens for me is when somebody has something going on, if they ask me to address it or I'm there to address it in any way, there's an energy that shows up for me where I know I'm like, okay, here's a possibility, but it's also the person's choice. Like if you wanted to make that break real, that would have been your reality. And, you know, they, they talk about this in quantum physics where, where nothing is nothing, everything exists as a probability until a choice is made. And wow, I just summed up quantum physics in one sentence. That's cool. Um, <laughs> I'm so proud of myself right now. I can't tell you. I'm patting myself on the back. Um, and so in that moment, 
I could be that energy with you. And basically, and then sometimes here's the other part is so much of what we choose is non-cognitive and so much of what we choose is non-verbal. And so much of presenting the space for a different choice is non-cognitive and non-verbal. And so as I also heard your ankle snap, I knew what was going through your head and I knew what you thought had happened. And I'm like, just because you think that happened doesn't mean that has to be what happened, you know? And I know we can change things in a way that other people would call miraculous or crazy. And it's only the people that want to kill miracles that call miracles crazy. And they have no space in my world. They have no, it's a, it, like, unless you're doing this work and you get it, you have no, no authority at all to comment on my work. Okay. Unless you're doing the work, you don't have the ability to comment on mine because it's invalid. It's like me talking to an astrophysicist and telling him he got his math wrong. No, uh-uh. you don't have the ability. And so for me with you, I was just being with you, being this ESB energy that I've learned that I can be and access more of in moments where it's required or will contribute and gave you the choice. And what was the outcome? Well, my ankle wasn't broken. We we went up to the top of a mountain, jumped off hang gliding like right after. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was fine, but but it was a it was um, definitely one of those moments. Um, I, I stopped using the word milestone because it makes it solid. So whatever another word for that is, but poignant moments in my life that um, showed me how addicted I was prior to all the trauma and drama. Now I'm not totally over my addiction. I'm not going to announce that here on this podcast, but I'm further away. From it. <laughs> but it was because, because I could see the whole, the whole reality of, okay, if I break my leg in Brazil, like my ankle in Brazil, um, you know, like the, the value of the, like, oh, poor Sarah was actually what I would have been creating and, and, oh, take care of Sarah or like whatever that used to create for me. Or I can go, I can get up from this, choose something different and run and jump off the side of a mountain, which I had never done before, you know, and it was like a totally different, like kind of a fork in the road situation. Um, but it, but I, what I remembered, and I remember this a lot in looking at anything that I don't think is changeable was I could have given you total proof if somebody else would have been in my eardrums hearing the ankle break that that had already been solid and it was already real. And um, you came in and completely interrupted that with a different space and a different demand. Um, Cause I don't, do you remember you yelled at me? Do you remember? I do. Yes. <laughs> do you remember everybody? What wrote, is, no. <laughs> do you remember how much it scared everybody else? Yeah. Like, dude. I yell, you know it. Well, everybody was running to aid the problem. And that's, that's like the build out of this story is that everybody was like, again, already, I'd already created poor Sarah, like strangers were coming and running and getting ice and doing whatever. And you had everybody back away and then started yelling at, at the air quotes on this. Cause you can't see it on podcasts, the air quotes victim, right? So you're yelling at this poor girl who just broke her ankle, but it, <laughs> it got in, um, in a, in a spaciousness that I could choose something different. And so, um, I will publicly thank you for that again right now. And um, so with this podcast, um, I would love for our listeners to hear from you. If this is their first episode listening, um, what, what would you say is like one or two things that they can start to do today to explore what being them might be? Um, you know, there's a, a segment on the being you day. And 
if you go to YouTube, we're doing our best. It's going to take a little bit because it was seven and a half hours. It was awesome. Well, okay, number one, go watch that. Okay, um, but there's a segment on that where I walk people through a judgment-free day. And it basically involves you wake up and that judgment machine just isn't there. That monkey mind, that thing that has been accompanying you every waking morning. And even if in the past you had a few moments of you'd wake up happy and then after a while it would start, it's just not there. And, and to, I, I'm not going to try to redo it here because it, it was so beautifully done there, but that would be for me, one of the, one of the elements of it is, is practice not judging you. And then the other thing, um, and it's really, it is a really beautiful thing. I walked people through it and I think it took 30 minutes or something, 25 minutes. Um, but please go there and listen to that. And on YouTube, we're trying to break out things so that you can just go to specific timestamps in there. Um, and also practice screwing something up. It, it, I would say once a day or maybe at least three or four times a week, you know, practice screwing something up and getting used to it. So you no longer avoid it because you know what, you're going to screw things up. You're going to fail miserably. And it's not a matter of if or when. The only time you don't screw something up miserably is when you're not willing to try, when you're not willing to, to actually just go give something a shot just because it sounds like fun. So get it over, you know, get it, get what, get it over with. Is that how you say that? Get over with it. Get it over with. Yeah. Yeah. Get yeah. it over with. <laughs> Easy for me to speak English. What do I know? Um, and, and just, do it because you can like sing something really off key, you know, just for the fun of it and, and recognize that what is called failure here. My point of view is the only true failure is if you quit and never start again, mm. that is the only true failure. Otherwise let's get used to screwing stuff up because we screw stuff all the time and then we judge ourselves for it. Let's be willing to screw up and not judge it. Let's be willing to have fun with it. Let's be willing to realize we're not perfect. We never will be. But dear Lord, are we awesome in our imperfections. And you know that idea, you're perfect exactly as you are. I subscribe to that also. And yet you're perfect as imperfectly imperfect as you are. You know. And then the other thing is start exploring what it is that lights you up. You know, we live, most people's lives are so mundane. They, they never do anything that gets their heart beating or, or turns them on or excites them, or they, they don't go out and eat orgasmic food because it's easier to stay in and eat macaroni and cheese or, you know, and I'm not knocking macaroni and cheese. I like it sometimes, you know, and which is like, there's no right, there's no wrong, but see what it is that lights you up. So those are three things. And then the fourth thing that I would highly suggest to everybody is write your eulogy. What is it you want to have said about you after you're gone? Now, why do I say this? Because Gary used to give that out in, a, um, in classes and I took it and this was probably 18 years ago now, something like that. And I wrote my eulogy. I was resisting it for a while. And then finally I sat down and wrote it and I was like, wow. And what it did was it gave me awareness of things that I didn't realize were truly what was valuable to me. 
and truly what was also, you know, and I figured, assume you're going to live at least a hundred years, if not 500 and, and write down what it is you would like to have contributed to the world in that time and how people see you and what they got to be as a result. At least that's where I went with it. And, and one of the things that I wrote down was as a result of whatever I had contributed to people in the world, everybody on the planet was truly being them. Dude, that was, that was, that was like, I don't know, seven years, six years, years before the being you book came out and many years before the being you day came. And I hadn't thought about that, that eulogy until we got approved for uh, being you day. Wow. And I looked at that and I went, oh my God. <laughs> wow. So I highly suggest doing that because it gives you insight to, into things that, that go beyond our, our sort of cognitive surface level of what we're willing to look at about us and what's valuable to us. We'll also invite you to look at like, are the things you're choosing going to get you there? You know, yes. or ask that question. And I would like to add a number five. Please do. Shameless plug. Uh, uh, <laughs> this man I'm talking to is my big brother who has invited me to possibilities for a very long time and I avoided it like the good little sister that I was but um <laughs> but the thing that started to change for me was actually watching your tour of consciousness now Dane doesn't tout that he is he is the way um by no means um he's always inviting all of us to be us uh but he does have so much free content out there and years ago when I had finally like hit finally, like I was looking for it, but um, I'd hit my breaking point. What I chose was to go outside every day before the kids got up for 30 minutes and watch um, his videos. It's the tour of consciousness on um, his YouTube channel. And I would watch one of those videos. And then I would just apply that day, apply it that day. Cause I had this point of view that if I announced to the world that I was going to change my life and then didn't, I would be more judged. So I did it in secret. And then, um, you know, a couple of weeks after doing that, uh, everything started to shift and change in my world in ways that I couldn't describe other or, or had a reference for other than I was using the tools daily. And so um, if you haven't signed up for that, you can do that on drdanehere.com tour of consciousness. And it's uh, every time a new one gets released, you'll get a, a reminder email. Otherwise you can just go on the playlist there on YouTube and watch those. Um, and those alone can totally change something. So that's my um, shameless plug and I'm allowed to do Thank that Thank you. I'm grateful. <laughs> and, and I can't tell you how wonderful it was after you called me after two weeks of doing this. And you had an enthusiasm for being alive that I hadn't heard in years. And it was so beautiful. And to realize you were watching my tour of consciousness, I was like, yay. I can't tell you how wonderful that was. Well, one of the, I don't even know if I've told you this, but one of the, my favorite stories about that is you talked about on one video, I think it was like, what would it take to change this? There's like the simplest question ever. And I was sitting in a backyard where we couldn't afford to water the grass and it was just dead and all the plants and everything was just dead. And I hated going out there, but it was the only place that I could go get some peace and quiet. And um, so I was like, okay, well, I'll try it on my grass. What would it take to change this? And I didn't have a point of view. I was just like, okay. And then about two days after that, my neighbor had come over and said, hey, we bought too much um, grass like sod. And we have a guy here who's installing it. Can we install, you guys need some? We can install it for you, like no cost. 
And I was like, holy crap, this stuff Yay. <laughs> But it showed up in a way like, you know, I think probably in my head, like the universe was gonna make the seedlings start to grow back from, you know, without any water, cause whatever, but, any, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it shows up in a way that, you know, always shows up different than what you think it will. And um, so those, those tools are there for our listeners to go find more about. Um, uh, Dane, I ask everybody this. So this podcast is called The Power of Being You. If you were to write the show's description, what would you tell listeners that the power of being them is? The power of being them is the ability to recognize that you are a being that is far greater than the image you have created yourself as, perhaps of necessity, living in this world right now. The power of you is that you were actually an element of consciousness and oneness on this planet that is connected to and contributed to by all of the plants, all of the animals, the earth itself and beyond. And the power of you is that you actually get to live that here if you choose. Beautifully said. Thank you so and much. I know we're supposed to end right now, yeah. but I wanna add two other things based on what you said, if I may, because I think they're really vital for people to get. So, you know, you freely acknowledge that I was doing access and offering you access to access for 15 years before you chose to go out <laughs> and um, watch those tour of consciousness videos and choose it. It would be very easy for you to have gone to I am wrong. And I know that you did for a long time about not choosing it. And then when you started to choose it, it was like, oh, I'm wrong for not having chosen this before. What if you're not? What if you actually know when the time is for any of these changes in your life? And what if you needed to get the information? Maybe you needed to suffer enough to find out it wasn't for you. Maybe you needed to maintain a connection to people because of, of things that are valuable and vital to you. And what if you are not wrong? What's right about me I'm not getting is one of my favorite questions to share with people and to use myself. And also what's right about this I'm not getting for whatever you're choosing that you think is wrong. Because when you come out of the wrongness of it, then you truly have choice. And the other thing that I wanted to say I forgot, so I think I will end with that. But if we could recognize it, no matter what we've chosen up until this point, it actually is not wrong. No matter how much suffering we've inflicted upon ourselves, no matter how much wrongness, it is not wrong. And getting that could be one of the greatest gifts we give ourselves, but also the world. And we use you as an example. It's like as you've gotten more and more out of the wrongness of you and also out of the need for the drama to, to have what's considered intensity here, you are becoming a contribution to so many people also from this place of part of the gift of the contribution you are is that you did avoid it for 15 years and you get it when people do that and you don't make them wrong for not choosing right now. And to the best of my ability, like for me, that's what I would like to see as our world. Thank you for that. That's a beautiful way to end. And um, thank you for leaving the door open. And I get to be there for people leaving the door open for whenever I was ready to walk through it. And I think that um, a lot of us put 
you know, like expiration dates on invitation for possibilities. And um, that's another space that you be for so many. And so thank you. Thank you. And I just want to say, if it's a true possibility, there is no expiration date. Hmm. Let's end there. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Fade to black. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Power of Being You podcast. If this conversation has been a contribution to you, please share, subscribe, or leave a review. For more information about being you or to learn more about the amazing tools of access consciousness, you can go to www.accessconsciousness.com. How much fun can you have exploring the power that comes with truly being you?